Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast PMM Interviews. In this podcast, we explore tips for how to interview like a boss for product marketing candidates through the lens of experienced leaders who run product marketing at some of the fastest growing tech companies in the world. I'm Nupur, a product marketer at Twilio. I'm really passionate about instilling confidence in aspiring candidates who are either thinking about pursuing a career in product marketing or are simply looking for tangible frameworks and takeaways in their current role to get to that next step. So if you're here for the first time and wondering what to expect, this show will help you navigate your career and arm you with the confidence you need to unlock your full potential in interviews. This show is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's the place to discover on-demand resources and learn from top product marketing leaders. Get more advice and insights at sharebird.com. Before we get started, shout out to our sponsor, LaunchNotes. Trusted by hundreds of leading product marketing teams, LaunchNotes is the only dedicated platform for product change. Publish and send product updates, create and share product roadmaps, and collect and synthesize customer feedback, all in a way that's personalized, automated, and secure. And with that, let me introduce you to our guest for today, Jeff, who heads product marketing at Calendly. Jeff, welcome to our PMM Interviews podcast. Can you give a quick introduction for our listeners today and also describe what Calendly is? And also let us know if you're hiring. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear that. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm Jeff Hardison, and I am, again, head of product marketing for Calendly. Uh, Calendly is what a lot of sales teams, recruiting teams, marketers, researchers, and so forth use to be able to make scheduling meetings more efficient. So instead of going back and forth, emailing, hey, are you available at one o'clock on Tuesday? And then somebody else says, no, I'm only available on Friday at five. And then you say, actually, I'm on Eastern time. But it cuts out all that emailing back and forth so you can book meetings more easily. And a lot of teams use it to maybe increase revenue by having meetings with prospects or to do better customer development for product research by booking meetings with, say, customers and others. And we have millions of customers that are using it both at a kind of like prosumer level as well as big enterprises using us. And we are hiring in the product marketing department. We are hiring a product marketing manager. And then I also manage a couple other teams, the brand and content team, partnerships, international marketing, and social media. And so I'm going to be also hiring a social media manager this quarter. Those are a lot of roles. That's amazing, Jeff. I actually personally use Calendly as well. And funny enough, I used it this morning to book an appointment with my doctor, which oh, is wow. fun. Yeah. Showed me like their availability over the next couple of days and the times. And it was just so seamless and easy. I love Calendly and my husband loves it as well. He uses it all the time for product research calls with customers. So we love Calendly in this family. That's perfect. Thank you for being customers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To spice things up, we're going to start with a lightning round first before we get into the meat of everything. The way this is going to work is I will ask you a question, Jeff, and you're going to have to be really quick. You have to give your answer within seconds. Are you ready to do that? Okay, great. So first one, what was your first job? Cutting grass and shoveling snow. Ah, current Netflix binge, or I should say like Showtime, HBO, Hulu, whatever your favorite platform is. Ashley just binged White Lotus on HBO. Loved it. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great show. It is so good. I can't wait for the next season. That's a really good one. One to two words to describe your email inbox. Salespeople and recruiting pitches. (laughs) That's three, I think. (laughs) 
That's funny. Okay, what's a company that you think does great product marketing? You know, it's so hard to see from the outside who's doing well because I feel like a lot of what's great is you see on the inside. So I'll mention a past employer, Envision. I really loved how we did product marketing there. I love Envision's product marketing as well. I think they're a fantastic company. What's the number one trait you look for when hiring product or solution marketers? Curiosity. Love that. The top metric you want new hires to be motivated by? Probably revenue. Hmm. Awesome. All right. That brings us to the end. I don't know about you, but this was super fun for me. We should get to the meat uh, of uh, the content now because I know that's what our listeners want to hear, but it's great to know you a little bit better with that little fire round. So let's level set. You are someone that has had a long career in product marketing and marketing, and you've probably interviewed lots of candidates over the years. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite interview questions to ask candidates applying for a product marketing position? Yeah. So I really want someone to be happy working on the team. Right. And so they're going to do better work if they're happy. They're going to stick around if they're happy. And not every place is a fit for everyone. Right. And I think too often hiring managers try to figure out the other person is a fit and they have all kinds of interesting ways to try to do that. But for me, it's more about trying to find out if the candidate thinks we're a fit because I want to be happy. Right. And I often try to figure out some questions that helps them think through whether they'll be happy. So one of those questions I often ask is, okay, it's been six months and you're here at Calendly and all of a sudden you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't believe I joined this place. It's so messed up in X, Y, Z ways. What are those ways that would make you feel that way? And let's figure out if this is the kind of place that might do that to you in six months. I love that. I feel like I'm going to use that question. This is the first (laughs) time I've heard something like that. I love that so much. And it really kind of helps you understand where the candidate is coming from in the past and what are their absolute deal breakers for, for the company that they want to join. That's such a good question. I've actually written that down as you were saying. (laughs) It creates such a great conversation, I found, because a lot of the questions people are asking is like, do they want to join here right now? And will they be happy in the first month with the pay, with the benefits, who they're working for? But it's six months in that you really start to figure out what you got into. And it's difficult for people to envision what that is and be able to ask the right questions. And so you as the hiring manager should know what it's like six months in if you've been there three to six months. And you can give them a good sense of whether some of their deal breakers will emerge then. So it might be something like, I don't like a micromanager. My boss is a micromanager and they are constantly checking on me each day. Well, it's like, I can tell you whether I'm going to be that, right? Or I don't really want to be just doing this product marketing. I want to be managing people, right? It's like, okay. Because they might answer that question differently if you say like first month, nobody expects everything to be perfect in the first month. But in six months, they might want things to have evolved and some places just won't evolve that much. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think even you as like the hiring manager or the head of marketing for this role, you want to ensure that this person is the right fit and there's retention because the cost of hiring a new candidate and backfilling a position is also really, really high. So, I mean, it's in everyone's interest to find that perfect fit. Right. And I also, I like to have good relationships with the people I've worked with in the past. It just, it's important to me and it makes me sad when somebody wasn't happy working for us. And so this is also just on a personal level. It helps me ensure that we're hiring people that I think could be happy and that they'll look back and have fondness for their experience versus, oh man, that Jeff, 
right? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff, just from like this first question thrown at you, I feel like you're such an empathetic leader. Like who wouldn't want to work for you? That's a very kind, very thoughtful answer. I love it. Thank you. All right. Next question for you. What are some of the common mistakes you see candidates make in PMM interviews? If you had to sit someone down and say, hey, make sure you avoid these common pitfalls, what would you say to them? So another question that I ask is product marketing, it's versatile, right? There's things that we do that it feels like it was created in a lab, right? We do some research, well, also research teams do that. We do positioning messaging, which is pretty clearly something we do. We sometimes do sales enablement and sales training and sales content. Sometimes other departments do that. We do launches. Well, sometimes demand gen does launches in some companies before there's product marketing. We do ongoing adoption marketing. Well, sometimes growth does that. Sometimes product management does that, right? Right. It's this amalgamation of jobs to be done that is in the spirit of bringing a product to market and being empathetic with customers and bringing that voice of the customer back to different departments, right? And we're just tend to be generalists, I think. And so what I found is that some product marketers like some of those jobs to be done more than others. Right. And it varies product marketer, product marketer. So what I will ask every product marketer is I'll say, okay, these are the jobs to be done. That's like the textbook definition of product marketing. Could you please stack rank for me, which you like in terms of you prefer, you know, number one versus last. And I do this because not every product marketing department gets to do all of those things. Right. And not every product marketing position gets to do the things they want to do. So I'll give you an example. Sometimes people just want a foot in the door in your company, right? And I empathize with that. And so they'll see a position open up like senior product marketing manager of sales enablement. Right. Well, they'll say to themselves, I just really want that senior title. I'm currently just a product marketing manager and this is my chance plus, or I love Calendly and I want to work there. This is my foot in the door. And I'll just kind of forget that this is going to be sales enablement. And turns out I don't really like sales enablement. Maybe I can convince them to do something different once I get my foot in the door. Right. Well, a lot of times this is just not possible and that you're going to be kind of in this position for a year. And what I'll find somebody will do is I'll tell them to stack rank that. And the good ones will be honest and say, hey, I know this is sales enablement here, but it's like my least favorite thing to do. And it will come out in that exercise and we can talk and I'll say, Hey, look, I really need you to love sales enablement to do this. And so you would be unhappy if you weren't. I'm glad we're having this discussion. Maybe we can consider you for a different role. That's more of a, like a non-sales focused role. Right. And they'll be happy with that. And then we can reconvene and maybe talk again for another role. Right. The people where I think they go wrong is they just try to answer in a way that will make you happy. Right. And all they're doing is going to make their life unhappy in the future. And it kind of goes back to that first question you have is that they will say, oh, I really love sales enablement because they see that in the job description. Yeah. But I'll learn over many interviews with them that they actually don't enjoy it or that they're hoping to just do this for six months and then pivot into a role that's more research focused or ongoing adoption market focused or what have you. So I think in summary, it's when they're not being frank and they're not being true to themselves and how they're answering the questions. I agree. I think being authentic can can get you really far because of course, like sales enablement might be the position that you have right now, but like a week down the line, you don't know, there might be another job ad that goes up and you could just refer this person for that job at your company. I get it. I think that's a wonderful approach. And you're right. I think candidates should avoid that mistake of probably hiding where their true passions are and be Mm -hmm. as authentic and excited about what they really love to do. Again, to your point, like product marketing is so different at different companies. And even my role, to be honest, at Twilio, it changes. It feels like almost every three to four months. (laughs) So (laughs) I think you're right. 
things can change and things can pivot and, and jobs to be done. And the stack ranking seems like a wonderful approach. I love that. I would say the other thing that I see oftentimes is, and this is hard because I just told you that it's important to be real and authentic and be true to yourself. However, I will see sometimes, and this is just product marketers, this is all roles. The product marketer will come into the interview, and I've seen this again in other roles, not just product marketing, where they will have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about being in this process, right? And they'll just seem like they don't really want to be there. And as the hiring manager starts to tell yourself stories, you're like, well, why are they doing this? Is this just like they're currently angry about the current place they're working and they're bringing that baggage into this process, right? Right. Yeah. Is it that they don't really want this job, but they're just kind of seeing what's out there? Are they interviewing in a bunch of different places and they want a bunch of different offers and just sort of pick, you know, right. do they not like the vibe here? And so I think while you have to be authentic and be yourself, do know that we're humans on the hiring manager side and that we're probably going to enjoy the process more with somebody who seems like they want to be there. And so that would be some advice I would have is like, if you feel like you need to be yourself and be authentic, and that means sometimes showing that you're not happy being somewhere, just know there's a human on the other end of this and that you should probably decide whether you really do want to work at that place before you interview there. That's a very thoughtful answer. I like that. Jeff, we haven't yet talked about any go-to-market questions or like core product marketing skill questions, Mm -hmm. but apart from like stack ranking, the jobs to be done, and like also talking about where the candidate wants to be six months from now, are they still going to be happy or what are the things that are going to be deal breakers for them? Are there specific skill sets, perhaps like later in the interview process, as they go through the panels, as they speak to more people, are there specific skills that you're trying to suss out in your PMM interviews? Are there like Mm -hmm. economic skills, product marketing skills? And I guess a follow-up question to that would be, would this change? if the PMM is more senior? Mm -hmm. So in terms of skill sets, when I do the stack ranking exercise, a lot of times I'll ask for more examples, right? right? I'll say, you stack rank these. Well, tell me a little bit about, you you mentioned you love research as your favorite. Tell me about that. Why do you love research so much, right? And can you give me some stories of where it was really helpful to build the company doing research? And so one of the things I want to make sure they do is that they're matching their love for something with how it will help the business. Right. I look for product marketers that are business people first and product marketers second. And not everybody's that way. Some people just really love someone who's an amazing researcher or is awesome at writing, you know, lifecycle messaging and copy and so forth. And they want that. But for me, I think some of the best product marketers are out there are people that help the entire company, whether it's product design engineering or sales or marketing, help the rest of the company see the value of helping the business. And in order to do that, you have to understand the business yourself. Right. Right. And we get that feedback a lot as marketers, whether it's demand gen or growth or whatever we work in that we need to understand the business, but I try to look for it. The other thing I try to do is there's debate. I remember there was a LinkedIn post that went out uh, a few months ago that said, you don't, and this person was not a product marketer. They were like a former CMO. And they said, you don't need to be able to be a good writer to be a product marketer. Hmm. And they're like, you just need to be able to do positioning messaging. And that doesn't require the person to be able to like write, you know, long form. I completely don't agree. I believe that every product marketer should be able to at least write like a one-page case study or a one-page blog post about a product announcement and not need a ton of editing. 
And where I've gotten myself in trouble in the past is where I didn't do like a writing assignment, you know, as part of the homework stage in the hiring process to see if the person enjoys writing. And if they struggle a bit, then they should have kind of a framework in place for working on it, right? Being able to shore up their own skills, take classes around it, read books on writing, and not just have to rely on a copywriter to write the whole thing. It seems like a small thing and all the things we need to know how to do, but I found that it's like hiring a demand gen person that doesn't like spreadsheets. It's like, (laughs) yeah, they could probably do it, but they're going to annoy everybody around them because they're always asking for help with Google Sheets, right? And so I think it's very similar product marketing. So often we get asked to write. And if you're always going to rely on others, it's just going to make everybody around you, their lives more difficult. And I also think that to be a good product marketer, you need to be a good storyteller. And a lot of storytelling these days is writing. And if it's not writing, it's taking a script that you're improvising off of and speaking publicly or doing videos or what have you. I agree with you so much. I have not read that article, but I feel like writing skills are the most important thing for a product marketer to have. And that analogy is really funny. I love it. With departure <laughs> and spreadsheets, that's so funny. But this is also a perfect segue to my next question, which is about a homework assignment or like a case study. Is that something that you typically like to do in your interview setting as a written assignment, dare I say? Mm-hmm. And what kind of topics do you use for that? So it depends on the role, Yeah. but I always do homework assignments. Absolutely. I've had to do them myself when I've applied places and everybody that joins has to do them. And it solves two things. One is if the person's not willing to do it, they might not be a good fit right. because I'm very much a person that's always willing to do things. That's just my personality. And so people that tend to be happy working on our teams tend to also be people who are just willing to do things because they're hungry and they want to prove themselves. And so I think it's important to do it. And it's a good litmus test to see what the person is going to be like to work with. Two, I don't think the homework assignment needs to be extremely lengthy because then you should be hiring them and paying them as a freelancer, right? I'll often see sometimes companies will do these like homework assignments around like create us a one-year plan and it takes the person a week to create this plan. And like, that's not really fair. You should be paying that person to do that. And I think that's what some candidates their reservations around doing homework assignments is, is they feel like they might as well just hire a freelancer to do it. And they're doing this work for free. So I try to make the assignment really easy and that it won't take more than like a couple hours to do. So the ones I typically do are either a writing assignment, like, Hey, here's some videos of customers talking about us on YouTube. Can you write like a very short case study about what their challenge was, what their solution was and what the results were? just to show that they can do some storytelling. I'll also do that for content marketing positions as well on the content team. But sometimes I'll not do that. And instead I will do, particularly if it's like a sales enablement role, or I feel like the person needs to be a good public speaker, I'll ask them to pretend like they're presenting to the sales team a product that we're getting ready to launch. Right. And with that, they'll create slides usually, and then they will present those slides and record themselves or do it live. And so I'll get to see whether they can quickly learn about something, whether they can empathize with the stakeholder, whether they can persuasively public speak, and then whether they can write. What that doesn't do is it's not as good at determining whether they can do long form writing. Yeah. And that kind of assignment has bitten me before when I needed them to be a good long form writer. Right. But I don't want to ask two assignments because that's just not fair. There's too much work. <laughs> that makes sense. 
Yeah, that's a lot of work. I mean, as someone who's been on the other side of this as the candidate, I have definitely felt frustrated when the assignment was something like, oh, create this one year plan for where marketing should go with this product or something. And yeah, it did take me a lot of time. So while I did it, I did it a little bit grudgingly. But yeah, I think like shorter assignments, like a blog post or a quick five slide presentation, I think are definitely good because that way you also you see how this person thinks and you also mm-hmm. know what it's like to work with that person, which again, I think is very important. I especially love it when they ask follow-up questions to clarify the question, because that's when you know how they're thinking and how they're approaching the problem. Agreed. Yeah. I've had to do the plans before and I did them begrudgingly, right? The other reason that I don't like to have people do plans for me is that what could they really know without being part of the company? Yeah. What they're going to do is a find and replace on another plan that they did for their current job or what have you. Because until you've been with a company for about three months, you really do not understand the problems that that company is dealing with yeah. and where you should be putting your emphasis as a product marketer, right? Because like maybe the problem is like lack of voice of customer being used in the product development process. Well, you wouldn't probably figure that out until you were there for a couple months and you then make your recommendation. Hey, I think we should be doing more product research because the product management team is too busy and we don't have a research department. And so we really want to do 30% of our time is going to be product research for customer development. Or maybe you find out that like the content team is really focused on top of funnel content for SEO, like top five Zoom apps and that the demand gen team needs help with copywriting or they need mid-funnel content and you all can roll up your sleeves and help with that for a quarter, right? Or maybe three, you find out that the sales team is really upset because they feel like marketing never trains them on product launches and product management doesn't listen to them. And so you're going to be like very sales focused. You don't really figure that out until you've been there for a little bit. And so to create a plan for what product marketing should do before you join, it's probably just going to be very formulaic. You're right. I think it takes 30 days just to know the people. (laughs) Yes. And then three months to at least do some sort of discovery to have a point of view. I don't think it is possible like over a week with the limited information that you have on their website, perhaps, or like through their blog and like any news articles that they're featured in. You're absolutely right. All right. Next question for you. So I'm sure there are aspiring product marketers listening right now that have never been in the role before. Do you have any tips for these aspiring PMMs as they're approaching interview prep? Well, I would try to look at, I often, you probably get this too, where people will reach out on LinkedIn and say, hey, I work in PR or I work in customer experience or what have you, and I want to pivot into product marketing. And so what can I do? And I've gotten these LinkedIn messages and I try to give them some advice. And I'll say oftentimes that you should try to figure out what you've done in your past that fits that definition of product marketing, the research, the position messaging, the enablement, the ongoing adoption marketing, the launches, all that. And you've probably done something somewhere in your past that fits one of those areas. And so kind of really lean into that and be able to explain, hey, I've never been a product marketer before in title, but in these past experiences, I've done these things. So that's one thing I often recommend it. Another one would be, I would recommend that they go use one of the product marketing associations out there, ShareBird and and so forth, and try to really shore up their understanding of product marketing so that they at least understand it academically. So maybe they can kind of go in as like a junior product marketer versus have kind of a misconception of what it is. I think a lot of people don't even know what product marketing is that want to get into it. They think it just is literally marketing for a product (laughs) versus this kind of interesting, again, collection of things that we do. 
what really stands out for me as you share this insight is that PMMs come from all sorts of backgrounds. I used to be an engineer. There are people on our team that have come from sales engineering, from sales, from product, from all sorts of backgrounds. And uh, you're right, there are transferable skills that as they approach you, as they come to these interviews for junior product marketing roles, they should talk about how their past experience applies to the product marketing function in whatever capacity. That's absolutely right. Coming towards the end of this, but as you interview candidates, what do you think sets the people that do really well apart from the ones that don't? Any tips that you have that you can share with people who are going for PMM interviews? How do they set themselves as differentiated and set them up for success in their interviews? I think one would be that they are seeming like they're hungry and they really want this role, as well as that they are excited to work there, right? And they've done their homework. I think a lot of people just, again, kind of show up and treat every single employer the same. And for example, people that have used Calendly before use the product and they tell me about how much they love the product and they notice this new feature, like they've done their homework. They went and signed up for the product and maybe they haven't been using it for years, but they understand it and what it is. And like, that's going to be part of the role as a product marketer. It also shows that they just care, right? Yeah. So really just showing that you care emotionally about this company and this role and, and people you're dealing with. I've seen whether it's because of nerves or anxiety, or maybe they're just kind of like interviewed in a bunch of different places people will show up and not seem passionate about the process. So I think people that do show that they're passionate about the process and they want to connect and get to know you and they're open-hearted about it all, I think really stand out for me. That's great insight. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially, I mean, you alluded to the hunger and the curiosity as we started this podcast early on. So I love how you brought that back to the close. Well, as we wrap up, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? For instance, if they wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to apply to jobs at Calendly, where should they reach out? How should they find you? Yes. So we are hiring in the product marketing departments. If you go to Calendly Careers, just Google Calendly Careers, you'll find positions and you can sort by marketing and find that there's a product marketing position open. Would love for you to apply. Also, you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you just want to hear more about product marketing or be my friend. I could use all more friends on LinkedIn. Please do it. You can just Google Jeff Hardison LinkedIn and you should be able to find me pretty easily. I would say also product marketing, just kind of want to leave everybody with the thought that product marketing is probably more important than ever. As companies explore things like product-led growth, where they're acting more like a consumer e-commerce company and they're letting people sign for free and then they are adding credit card sales, that is creating a certain type of culture. And then later, these companies add sales teams and customer success teams, and that's a different type of culture. And product marketers have always been really good at being this glue between all these teams that don't necessarily get along very well all the time in every company, particularly during great change, like going up market and adding a sales team. And product marketers can really play a role in this new product-led growth, adds a sales team, adds a CS team dynamic that's going on in the industry right now because we're natural diplomats. And if we're not, we, we work on it day to day. and We're good at bringing people together and, and change management. And just remember, you have this role to really help the company work better together and grow in a way that other jobs titles don't. Wow. We're ending on a high, like super inspired. This was an amazing conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and to lend your thoughts for our listeners. I learned so much from you and I'm sure our audience did as well. And to everyone listening, thank you for attending another one of our PMM interviews episodes. Stay tuned for the next one where we will interview yet another amazing product marketing leader on their tips and tricks for nailing PMM interviews. Thanks all. 
Thank you for listening and special thanks to our sponsor Launch Notes. Whether you're looking to drive higher user engagement, build greater trust with your customers or make a bigger splash on launch day, elevate your product marketing team with Launch Notes. See why industry leaders like Amplitude, Hopin and Loom love Launch Notes and why you will too at launchnotes.com.